Welcome to the HC Insider Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the commodities sector and the people within it. I'm your host, Paul Chapman. 2020 has been an extraordinary year. COVID-19 has disrupted everything from supply chains to office rhythms. In March and April this year, most organisations had the unsettling experience of contemplating whether they would exist in 2021 and embarked on radical changes to protect their employees and businesses. And many of us have been personally affected in myriad ways. I thought this would be an opportunity for us to look back over 2020, pick out some of the themes of the podcast, and but also take those trends and look forward to 2021, and which will be prevalent and relevant in the year to come. The first big story of 2020 was volatility. Whether it was negative oil prices, wild swings actually across all the commodities that we cover. And this led to ultimately to a huge opportunity for trading businesses to have outstanding years, some of which are getting reported right now. The volatility, as John Massey pointed to in one of our first podcasts, has in part been due to a decade of consolidation and shrinkage in the commodities world. We've had regulation drive out certain participants. We've had uh, lower market opportunity, as alluded to in one of our gas podcasts, for example, meaning there just hasn't been the opportunity. And over the course of the last decade, we've seen fewer and fewer participants, both in terms of companies, but well as, as well as individuals. Um, and that's meant that actually there isn't quite the liquidity that there was and that the any shocks to the system in terms of supply and demand have had an outsized effect on volatility. I think 2020 has also identified how fragile some of our supply chains are and only getting more fragile as a result of deglobalization, arguably trade tariffs and so forth. But small shocks of the system have had outsized effects on the capacity for um, organizations to meet obligations. And COVID-19 obviously was a devastating demonstration of that. The other thing that I think that's causing volatility that's been raised a couple of times, particularly by uh, Roland Resteiner in the Energy Transition podcast, was talking about how energy transition itself the, and the disruption to hydrocarbon supply chains, whether it's around uh, perceived lack of investment or real lack of investment or whatever it might be, supporting production, etc., has, has introduced more volatility to the system. Finally, you've had volatility to some extent as a result of new sustainability product, products coming on the, on the market. And, and all this means that ultimately for the trading houses and trading entities within consumers and producers of all of the supply of the agricultural metals and energy value chains have actually had, for the most part, outstanding years. We've seen hedge funds do exceptionally well, hedge funds growing to meet that need. You've seen organizations without trading platforms looking to build them, and those with looking to strengthen them. Revenue's up, and I think trading matters again, and there are systemic structural reasons why there is a need for organizations to build trading capacity. Um, I think it's been alluded to in many podcasts about the need to make sure you're not giving up margin at the wellhead, getting close to your customers, all that insight that that provides. Colin Bryce, a number of individuals touched on that. And I think When you look forward to 2021, that's going to be a trend that continues. We're certainly seeing that in human capital's business. Not only is revenue up, but also costs are going down. Technology is allowing trading platforms to overhaul their their operating models, 
lower cost dramatically through things like automation, etc. Use of other technology platforms to lower administration costs. But there's real opportunities out there. Whereas previously, you would need three to four middle and back office individuals to support a trader. That's now shrunk dramatically, and much of that can be outsourced. So you've got this twin: revenues are typically up, costs are down, and therefore we're seeing the excitement around trading uh, that we have seen. The question we feel is: where is that talent going to come from to meet that increased demand? Succession plans are threadbare. There has just been very limited, for the most part. Investment in new talent over the last decade, because there have been fewer seats, there's been less demand.、Um, you've had、um, general this consolidation, and there just hasn't been the emphasis on trader training programs、uh, from oil majors or producers at the trading houses, with with some notable and laudable exceptions. But if there is going to be sustained demand across the commodities world for commodity. Relate trading related talent, and I'm talking everything from traders through to、um, risk professionals, financing professionals, sales and business development professionals, and leadership itself is pretty much the same population as it was a decade ago. And I think that's going to pose a real challenge. And certainly, I think we'll see a relatively rapid increase in prices, for want of a better word. But certainly, I think that poses a challenge to a lot of these business plans being created. To strengthen or even build trading platforms as we look into the next decade. So the second biggest trend that I think you can pull out from all of our conversations as a business, as a search firm in this space, is really about energy transition and sustainability, you know, defined by decarbonisation and sustainable consumption of resources. And I think that perhaps the conversation has shifted from being one of It's so far away; we don't need to worry about it. To really being front and centre on leadership and organisations' minds, you know, I think it was well said in one of the panels we hosted this year on sustainability that investors won't invest, banks won't finance, and consumers won't buy unless organisations point to and have a plan around ESG. And we've seen some notable moves this year with big private equity groups, Blackstone, for example. Pulling out of carbon-heavy investments, so I think that there has been a real concern about it's become front and center, and there is a natural concern about this for the for for the entire sector, whether that's ags, whether that's metals or energy. But I actually think the conversation is somewhat moving towards this being a huge opportunity. First and foremost, this sector, the commodities world in general, has an outsized impact on. The environment and sustainability issues, and therefore, changes can have a real and immediate effect. But also, this is a huge opportunity as there's change in the sector, more opportunities to invest in new technologies, new products. We spoke about that on one of the podcasts. You know, you've got a, a slew of new products or attributes coming through that means that、uh, there's more commodities out there to trade. And I think it's an opportunity for the sector as a whole to be front and center on these issues. And thereby reclaim the investment that may have been withdrawn for ESG reasons by banks and、um, private investors and the investment community as a whole、uh, in response. And I think COVID nineteen in particular has had an impact there by demonstrating 
how quickly change can happen by, okay, albeit in drastic means. Uh, but I think it's certainly brought that conversation forward. Um, so we see it being an opportunity. Most of our clients are very interested in either what other competitors are doing, but certainly in various aspects of their that are related to their business. We see demand, for example, in obviously hydrogen's a big topic and challenges around how to commercialize that in the short term. We've got an upcoming podcast on that. Things like solar renewables, just continued interest, but that's all tied very much to, and I think Jim Fallon in the, the Future of the Power Grid episode really spoke to this, a revolution coming in how power is supplied to uh, the city level, at the, at the community level, at the household level, and all of the, the clean technology, the power technology that's going to accompany that. Natural gas is seen still very much as a really important opportunity globally. Um, in our podcast on LNG, Mark Evans noted how LNG becoming more liquid, more prevalent globally as a transition fuel will drive unbundling and deregulation of gas markets around the world. We have Mark Leon to talk about that opportunity in China, Pete Tuminello here in the US. Um, so I think natural gas is going to be of a great interest in 2021, organizations building LNG teams, natural gas teams, and I think volatility is only going to go up as um, that market becomes more global. It is also risky. A lot of these bets, particularly around the infrastructure piece, are big bets, and it's one of those interesting times when you can somewhat predict, and we hear it from many of our guests and from obviously our day-to-day business, guess what the future might look like, but how to get there is another matter, and which particular technology wins out is going to be the challenge. And some of these bets are quite big bets around infrastructure, um, and some of them are quite hard to commercialize in the short term, things like batteries, things like hydrogen. Another big conversation, third big topic, I think, out of 2020 has been diversity. Certainly, most of our clients have diversity goals. We ourselves have, as an organization, diversity goals. And certainly, we our shortlists that we produce, they are expected to meet diversity goals for the most part. And the, and the reasons, I think, we've moved beyond the conversation of why it's important. I think it's well known that diversity improves decision-making and therefore revenues. I think that this is a particularly relevant discussion, particularly around gender in our market, but it is an uphill struggle given the background lack of diversity, although I don't think we believe that should be an excuse. I think the the interesting aspect is COVID-19 essentially, potentially, unlocking some of the working patterns that we've essentially had since the 18th, 19th century, and allowing organizations to see and realize that productivity doesn't drop in a work from, from a remote working setup, and in fact, in many cases, has increased as people are more able to tailor their, their, their personal lives and their working lives, leveraging technology. But I also think that this year has perhaps been a big equalizer in meetings that, dare I say, it may have happened in a restaurant and more in a one-on-one setting, um, you know, in, in far-flung places around the world to close the deal are now transformed onto, onto Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams, allowing more uh, people to be present, um, more engagement from broader teams, and perhaps removing some of the mystique. And I think meaning less travel, all of these things that actually means in a world where most of our partners also have careers, it can be really hard, particularly to relocate. Certainly, heavy travel schedules 
And I think that is what's going to contribute. Organizations can help to start to embrace that. And perhaps if we remove the nomenclature about you're either working remotely or you're in the office and actually there's a much more flexibility somewhere in between those two extremes that enables people to make career changes without having to relocate the whole family and thereby one partner potentially giving up their career. So I think there's a lot of thinking to be done in 2021. Certainly, we're trying to be part of that conversation and are part of that conversation with our clients about what are the working practices, what, what is a, the blend of that being able to work anywhere, but also some obligations to go to offices, and does that actually unlock talent pools on a global level, on a local level, that were previously unavailable, which is so important when tackling diversity challenges, you have to start with the bigger pool as possible, um, and I think that's where uh, we've made some real strides in, in 2020. The fourth and final big trend that we are seeing, and it's been obviously discussed heavily in the media as well, is is really technology um, and its impact on the markets. And this is obviously a trend that's been around for a while, but I feel now coming to the forefront. You've seen articles, and, and we've certainly seen it from our clients, demand for technology talent, seeing data as a competitive advantage, and particularly not only the capturing that data, but really how to digest it and turn that into commercial results. So that's really revenue generating. You've also seen technology to help in these transformational changes that are going on in operating models. I think that operating model discussion is happening in every entity in this sector, particularly in the trading houses, where there's so much more opportunity to rethink how markets are serviced, how data is, is generated and digested, and how costs are lowered through platforms. So alongside that, you've had a dramatic drop in costs around things like CTRMs. It's now, whereas previously there was always a third-party supplier, I think now we're seeing more and more looking to develop that bespoke to organizations' needs and build those in-house. And I think the technology piece is, is really, and I think Colin Bryce alluded to this in his episode about making a good commodity trader, the traders and talent of the future are going to have to be as technology savvy as as ever. Um, and your traders might be part coders, part traders. For the most part as well, I think it, there's a really important conversation that's going to happen in, right now and is going to happen in 2021 about what that means for leadership at the C-suite and certainly the, the management committee level. You know, what, what does it require of uh, your CFO, your COO, your CIO, CITO, what skill sets are they going to need to be able to make sure that, as Simon Collins notably said, if if you're not if your internal rate of innovation is not greater than the external rate, you're going to have problems. And I think if we look across our business, good significant proportion of the searches that we do are around this change in operating model, this demand for to capture the latest technology and really accelerate capturing revenue, but also lowering costs. So I think those are the big four that really, you know, I've distilled from 2020 that I think are going to be relevant in 2021. And I should say we as an organization think will be relevant. It's that continued emphasis on building uh, or, or strengthening trading platforms as results have been excellent and actually a more existential need for a trading platform is required in this world of energy transition. Secondly, the energy transition itself, and that being this huge opportunity for the sector. 
with again both of those present uh, challenges around where the talent will come from and ultimately you've got diversity as that being a core of most organizations plans to win and how are those going to be serviced and how important that is for this sector especially in getting the next generation in and then finally technology and technology and how that's disrupting the market is going to continue to be a big piece and one bit to say finally on that disruption side is that it's been a, a subtle theme in a number of podcasts whether it was in chemicals or in power that as technology drives more and more decision making and transformations to use Craig Perong's term on commodities disruption and competition might just as well come from without the sector with the likes of the Amazons and so forth being able to provide these services so I think there's a lot of disruption that's going to happen over the next decade around technology and a lot of opportunity around energy transition but who actually ultimately services that is going to be quite uh, quite interesting so finally I wanted to uh, just say a couple of words about the podcast um, we really appreciate I really appreciate the uh, the positive feedback that we get our goal is for 2021 that we continue much as we have so roughly aiming for an episode a week or so but we wanted to open it up a little bit more to the community and say that if you have a particular topic that you want covered or you yourself or a, a colleague have interest in, in being a guest on the, on the show, please do uh, email me or connect on me, with me via LinkedIn. I'll put my email in the, in the show notes. And I wanted to say thanks again to all of you for, for supporting the show. Please do, if you feel like it, give us a positive review in Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. That does help uh, support the show. And finally, I just wanted to say a big thanks to all of our clients in 2020 and all of our connections who have supported the business uh, throughout the year from the, the challenging days early on to uh, what's turned out to be a, an exceptional year for us. I realize we don't specifically say it too often, but we are actually a search firm focused solely in the commodities sector. Uh, we have offices around the world. And beyond search, we do a lot of talent advisory work, uh, whether that's around compensation trends or all supporting the workforce planning and acquisition plans um, tied to business plans, uh, of which we've been very busy this year, particularly on that trading element. But our thanks again to all those who've been a, a part of supporting us. Um, and then not least goes to uh, our colleagues around the world whose dedication and support have made 2020 a truly extraordinary year. So we look forward to uh, 2021. We've got some interesting episodes already lined up around continuing the discussion on hydrogen, uh, episodes on compliance, looking toward talking about some of the working from home aspects and challenges surrounding HR leadership, having some interviews with organizations on how they're navigating energy transition. And we wish you all a, a very fantastic 2021. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. To find out more about HC Insider and Human Capital, a search firm dedicated to the commodities sector, go to www.hcinsider.global, where you'll find more original content on the commodities sector and more details on our offerings as a search firm and our locations around the world. Thanks again for listening.